Hey, this week on Jesus, Sex, and Politics, we've got a good friend coming into the studio. His name is Mike Kinney. Mike wrote an incredible book called Out of the Fire. He's a worship leader. He has been in a traumatic car accident, and he's going to talk about how Christ literally stepped in and miraculously saved him and how it set his course of life in a totally new direction and what God is doing now to use his story and his testimony to touch the hearts of many. You're not going to want to miss this episode. It's going to be inspiring, and it's going to remind us all that the Lord can use whoever he pleases, and if you surrender to him, he will give you beauty for ashes. Stay tuned. This is Jesus, Sex, and Politics. You're not going to want to miss it. Hey, welcome to the Jesus, Sex, and Politics podcast. I'm Micah. Nathan's not here today, but we're going to talk about all those things that culture doesn't want to talk about. That will scare you. Hey, we've got a great show today, an awesome guest, a good, good friend of mine from years back, a worship leader. His name is Mike Kinney. Mike, it is good to have you in the studio. Thank you for being here, man. Thanks, Micah. Happy to be here. So, Mike, you have a phenomenal testimony, and I'm excited for this because I think this is going to be super encouraging for the listeners today. Uh, You've got a testimony where God, like, I mean, he stepped in and saved you in a miraculous way, saved your life. Uh, You've got a book coming coming out you're you're like I, it's fun yeah. when my friends are now like these uh, renowned authors that I'm hanging out with I feel like I'm a <laughs> I'm a big deal when I'm hanging out with like authors and like people yeah. doing big things and you're that so you got a book coming out and I just want the listeners to know who you are uh tell us the testimony tell us about what God is doing through the book so take us back you know tell us about yourself where what where, where where do you live what what led to this point? Sure, yeah, I'm I'm just a, a guy from uh, Noblesville, Indiana, originally, and uh, grew up here, K through 12 schools, and uh, you know, God, I thought I was going a certain direction with um, my life. I thought that He wanted me to be in music ministry, and uh, that's all I did, uh, you know, growing up, and all I could dream about was being a worship leader. And then He, uh, I had this really bad car accident. And he stepped in and and literally uh, saved me, and with the help of my friend and a stranger, pulled me out of this burning truck, and um, you know, and so that started just a journey. It's been 20 years actually since uh, the accident happened. Just a couple of weeks ago would have been 20 years, and so happy to be here and to talk a little bit about the story. That's cool. So 20 years ago, near fatal accident uh, left you with severe burns, brain injury, long and painful recovery. Um, you know, when you look back on that, is there anything you change about that experience? Why, why, or why not? You know, I mean, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Certainly, looking back, it's like I'd maybe get rid of some of the pain that I had to go through. And uh, burns aren't fun. Just uh, in case you were wondering, uh, it, it wasn't uh, a great experience going through uh, the burn recovery. But uh, you know. No, I wouldn't change a thing. I mean, today I am who I am because of what's happened to me and going through the journey that I've been on. Um, I wouldn't change it because I wouldn't be the same person I am today. 
So when you sing songs like Refiner's Fire, like, you know, it's like it means something a little more I'm, to I'm, you. I'm right there. I'm, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm in the fire. You literally. know, you're like, okay, whenever God takes us through the fire, it doesn't always yeah. feel good, yeah. and, and both physically and spiritually. There's, so yeah. There's a lot of songs like that that I listen to, and I'm like, man, you have no idea. If only people knew what you're asking the Lord to do, right? Yeah. Okay, so your friend Matt, he pulled you from the wreckage. Uh, he told you something interesting. He said he saw Jesus walk towards you and lay his hand on you when you were laying in the field uh, that night uh, of the accident. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think it was a bit shocking, uh, and I was working through a brain injury at the time, so I, you know, I don't, uh, I, I probably couldn't clearly understand what he was saying anyway in that moment. But, but then again, I did understand that something, you know, miraculous had happened, and so. Uh, it was incredible. I mean, who who has Jesus show up at the scene of an accident? Right. You know, so it was hard for me to take in. It's still hard for me to wrap my brain around. So did what did the paramedics and the police officers say, like, when they, like, pulled up to the crash? And, like, I mean, obviously you were out of it at that point because you were, were you, were you conscious during any of this? Or, like, was it, was it, were you kind of out of it? Like, So I was uh, unconscious, had a brain injury, and was okay. like, so I was out and uh, not alert for a little while, I think, probably several minutes because I didn't inhale any smoke and, and Matt couldn't get it out of his lungs for uh, several days. Wow. After the so wow. probably not breathing for a while. Uh, and then, but he heard, you know, me making weird noises. So uh, eventually he knew I wasn't, uh, you know, completely uh, gone. So, okay. Uh, yeah. what, in the paramedics, like, what did they say after the fact, you know, after a few weeks after, like when they started telling you about what was, what happened and like, what, what did they think when they pulled up to the scene? Yeah. I mean, everybody thought it was a miracle that I made it through it. Um, you know, the first thing the, the officer said when he got to the scene of the accident was, you know, uh, call, call a chopper, you know, call a bird. And so, um, we actually have it on video footage, which is just crazy to hear the back and forth between Matt and the officer. And you hear the intensity of the moment and, um, you know, so it's, you know, it's real to me when I watched that and I know exactly what was going on. So, uh, with, with Matt, was he in the car with you? He was actually driving in front of me. Okay. I gotcha. So he saw in the rearview mirror, you go, and did you fall asleep? Is that what happened? And, yeah. and you hit a telephone pole, huh? I fell asleep. Yeah. And, uh, uh, hit the, the pole and, you know, they, the, uh, you know, channel 13 and different ones did news stories for it. And my mom had submitted a picture of me and I was looked completely out of it and they you know right after they shared that picture they said no drugs or alcohol were involved <laughs> and uh, so anyway we laugh about that now but because you, uh, you looked all hopped up on drugs and alcohol yes, and i looked awful <laughs> yeah it was like a spring break picture right after being in the sun all day but uh, uh, that's, that's hilarious <laughs> so what's it, what's it like you know visualizing god in the moments of pain like has that helped you through the healing process you know like because there's, I think the cool thing about this podcast, there's going to be people that are going to listen to this that have gone through their own, you know, trials and their own mm -hmm. tribulations, their own pain, uh, and and you're not. The, even Jesus said, "Hey, you're not going to be void of pain when you follow me, but mm -hmm. take heart, I've overcome the world, I've overcome the pain." What should people learn from, you know, when they're going through that fire? I mean, what what did how did you get through the the hurt and the it's like, gosh, Lord, why would you? Well, I'm, there's got to be questions of why would you allow this to happen first? Mm -hmm. You know, like why why don't you just step in and you know stop this from happening if you're God? Mm -hmm. And then you know why don't you take the pain away? Or why you know after you could just if you are God, you could just touch me and it all go away right now, right? So talk right. talk us through that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think uh, I was looking at it 
uh, from the standpoint of just being happy to be alive afterwards. And so, um, you know, waking up in the hospital, my mind immediately shifted to the other people around me that were in worse condition than I was. And, uh, you know, I remember a girl, you know, probably 21 years old, like uh, at the time, couldn't lift up her head to say yes or no to her mom. And so those are things I really wrestled mm. with in the hospital. I was in bad shape, but I was slowly, uh, and it was slowly, but I was slowly recovering. And so seeing that was just awful. But I think just looking for, you know, looking for Jesus in our pain, looking for where he was uh, in the middle of our trauma, um, that was a lifelong journey uh, for me, really, you know. And so that's part of what, part of the reason I wrote this book was that, you know, so many people talked about the accident and how amazing it was, and it truly was. I mean, and um, and Matt was a hero. Uh, the, the stranger that that uh, pulled up to the scene of the accident to help Matt was a hero, you know. But for me, it was trying to understand like why did this happen to me, and and God, what do you what do you have for me? Like what what do you want from me, <laughs> you know, uh, through this? And and so trying to look through everything that I did, schooling, everything that I was. Uh, feeling called to like, okay, Lord, where are you in this? And, and yes, trying to understand and unravel what happened, but I don't know, I guess I just didn't really question, uh, you know, why it happened. I more immediately turned to God, what do you want from this? Yeah, that's good. That's cool. That's a great perspective. So being a worship leader and you were, uh, I guess at the time of the accident, had you really stepped into worship leading or did this kind of propel you into, you know, picking up a guitar? Like, where were you at in that? But you've you've since become a worship leader. Like, so tell us about that journey. How's this really kind of created a, uh, a heart of worship, um, even the expression of worship through music? Like, tell us about that journey. Like, what's God done, done in you after the accident? You know, yeah, with that. Absolutely. So before the accident, um, I was 17 when the accident happened. And probably when I was 15 is when I kind of uh, saw the youth pastor leading worship. And he had this heart for leading people into God's presence. And it was real. It wasn't, didn't feel fake at all. It wasn't a show. It was, you know, um, it was middle school, high school, youth group worship, but it there was passion there. And, uh, and, and I saw it and I wanted to be part of it. And so, I, at the time, didn't know how to play guitar. I knew I could sing, but I, so I just went to him. I said, Don, can I, you know, you think I could do this? And he's like, we can have you sing, you know, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about guitar later. And so anyhow, I, he ended up handing it over to me. I led worship for the youth group the year before the accident. And, you know, looking back, I think I found a lot of my identity in that because that's where people said, man, you're going to make a difference. You're going to make a an impact. And, uh, man, I held on to that because every kid that's going through high school at that age, you're just trying to figure out who are my people and, and where do mm-hmm. I fit in, you know? And so that, for me, that's where I fit in. And, and everybody was saying, Mike, you know, you're going to, I think you're going to do what, you know, Michael Levy Smith does or Chris Tomlin does. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so anyway, at the time that all the music like that was taken off and, um, and that's where my head was at. And then the accident happened mm-hmm. and it was like, everything kind of came to a halt and it's like, am I even going to be able to play music again or walk again or anything? Wow. Wow. So just the, your whole identity could have been in that moment was, it was redefined really. I mean, mm-hmm. cause now, okay, Lord, I, I can't even know if I'm, my fingers might not even work now, you know, to be able to play guitar and mm-hmm. yeah, that's crazy. I, uh, so you got, you got, uh, 
some some cool gifts out of this too. Uh, you got a guitar from uh, the famed musician uh, Pete Townsend. So how did he hear? I think he's he's out in Phoenix. So how did he hear about your your accident? Like how did that come about? So Pete Townsend's actually in London. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Phoenix. Oh, the Phoenix. You're oh, sorry, sorry, Phoenix. sorry. I thought yeah. he lived in Phoenix. I was looking at this here, and it's the Phoenix. The Phoenix. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I didn't know who Pete Townsend was at the time of the accident. <laughs> I had no idea who the who was, and so uh, my dad thought they were pretty cool. So, um, <laughs> you know, they were doing this thing called Picks for Kenny, and they were collecting guitar picks. And uh, Matt Blickendorf, the guy that pulled me out of the truck, uh, his mom you know, ran a Christian bookstore here in town. So she sent out some, you know, back then we didn't have uh, the media, social media that we have now. Anyway, she got the message out and um, I'm trying to think where it happened. I think, oh, Bob and Tom Radio heard about it. Oh, no way. Yeah, and, okay. and uh, Tom Griswold's son went to Park Tudor. And so a family friend was uh, one of the administrators there and said, hey, you know, you think you could do anything on Bob and Tom show and, and get the word out there? Well, like guitar picks came in from all over the nation. It was the craziest thing. Wow. Like, I don't know, thousands of guitar picks. And uh, Bob and Tom reached out to uh, the who uh, over in London and said, Hey, you think you could do something? And he, and he's like, yeah, we don't need a guitar pick. I can send him a guitar. And so he sent me this guitar, this Gibson guitar. And he signed the, you know, the body of the guitar in big letters, you know, to Mike, this is the Phoenix Pete. Oh, get out of town. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So uh, where's that now? Like, is it like, hanging, do you ever, do you ever play it? A, hanging in a glass. Uh, okay. Case. So like you've like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you don't play yeah. that out on Sunday mornings yeah. at churches and stuff. I played it for a while after the accident because I didn't have another guitar. Okay. Because my guitar burned in the truck. So it's kind of like the Sandlot, like when they played with uh, the baseball that was signed by Babe Ruth, you know, They're uh-huh. like, well, you know, we got, we need this baseball and here's one signed by Baby Ruth. I don't know who that is, but here you go. You know, like, like what are you doing, man? Right. Don't like, don't play the field. Phoenix, what are you doing? You know, right. so, yeah. yeah. So you can see a couple scratches on it and everything, but uh, but I haven't played it in a while. So okay, that's cool. Uh, yeah. That's cool, man. Well, I, that's yeah. You're gonna now. I'm gonna every time like we lead worship together in the future, I'm gonna be like, dude, hey, bring bring the Phoenix. Let's <laughs> let's play that. Like, I'm gonna yeah. be te- I'm gonna be tempting you. Uh, so you've got this thing out there called the uh, Kenny Capo. So this is another aspect of your worship leading. And and as a guitar player, a capo, if you don't know, is kind of something you put on the guitar and it allows you to play different voice uh, shapes on the guitar. And you can, um, you know, just kind of do some cool cool things with guitar. So you brought a Kenny Capo with you today and we busted out one of my guitars here. You got a Taylor 314. It's my baby. Uh, and uh, it's one of my babies. I got multiple baby guitars. Um, but uh, anyway, so you've, you're going to demonstrate now for us kind of what this uh this does and what it sounds like so i'm looking at the i'm you can't see it right now but i'm looking at the capo tell us like why this capo is so unique and different yeah um so around the time of the accident there was a thing called a shortcut capo that came in the uh you know people were playing with and it hits strings two three and four out of out of the six strings on the guitar and it allowed you to play one and two finger chord positions and so uh basically makes it easier to play if you play by ear right and and i happen to play by ear so um you know i i enjoyed experimenting with it messing with it and there was a couple of, of worship tunes that were written back then that you could play with the shortcut capo like refiner's fire yes right uh, <laughs> yes. going all the way right. back yeah back. <laughs> yeah right and uh you know i'm trying to think of some of the ones like better is one day and, oh yeah you know, yeah uh, there was there was some others uh anyhow um so 
I have the accident a year after the accident on my birthday. So, well, May 19th going into May 20th, which is my birthday. I have, and uh, I think it's, uh, by the way, Pete Townsend's birthday is May 19th, which I thought was good. No way. Uh, yeah. So, okay, so, cool. So, going into my, um, on May 20th, I have a dream. I wake up at like 1 o'clock in the morning, get over the computer. The dream is of this capo, and I'm playing it in front of however many people, and and it's a different type of capo that I've never seen before. I've never heard anything about it, and but I'm like, I've got to capture it. I didn't know why, but I was like, there's there's something special about this, and so... I start doing all this research. I can't find anything like it on the internet and the internet was new back then. And so, uh, <laughs> Al Gore had just created it. So. <laughs> so I'm trying to just, you know, figure out, is this thing out there? And, um, found this thing called the third hand capo, which utilized the concept, but it pulled strings out of tune. And so anyhow, I, I kept the vision going and, um, and created this thing over the course of 20 years, uh, and with my dad's help, we used dental acrylic on the first uh, Dad's a Dentist. So we used dental acrylic to take apart a third-hand capo and connect it to a Kaiser capo and uh, that's connect hilarious. it together. And that's that's how we made it happen. And, um, and Was that so, in a dentist office, or did you do it like somewhere? Like, it was in a dentist office. Was it really? Absolutely. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. So, which, by the way, your dad has worked in my teeth before. So oh, yeah. very cool. hey, he's a good dentist. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good job. Um and uh, so this capo, man, it just gave me hope because back then I was working through this brain injury and like, you know, don't know where I'm going. And, uh, you know, it was challenging that the, the brain injury had affected me in, in uh, ability to process things and visual processing was impacted. And uh, so this idea, I didn't know how to run a business. I didn't know anything like that, but it gave me hope. And um and really what happened over the 20 years is it ended up giving me hope that I could share my story with people mm. because I thought, man, there's a lot of people that play guitar and there's a lot of people that play guitar with a capo and there's a lot of people that don't know what a capo is, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I thought it, it would be really cool if this could be something that catches on and uh, people hear about it and then maybe they hear about the story That's cool. and what's behind the story. I love it. So you can uh, play something for us here. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this was the first song I wrote with it uh, a long time ago. We'll see if I remember it. That sounded awesome. Yeah, that's that's super cool and very very cool. So this thing, like, you can actually so with this capo, you can actually kind of push in mm -hmm. on. You can kind of make it hit the strings you want. I'm I'm holding it right now, and it's kind of like these little you can these little levers that retract. Yeah, feet. yeah, man, that's that's awesome. And so so that this is what I love about that story, Mike. Is the Lord gave you. Uh, this vision of something that's seemingly so insignificant. Like if you were to hold a capo and, you know, it just like, how how is this little thing ever going to inspire someone to get through pain, right? Like the Lord can use anything. That's, mm -hmm. the, that's the neat thing. He's like, he gives you a vision of a capo. After this, after this accident, you begin to find purpose 
again, you're saying, okay, Lord, like this is something cool I can, I can aspire to, I can move towards. And it was just a little, it was just a little guitar capo that Mm -hmm. has some cool tweaks to it. Some, some retractable feet on it that no capos typically have, or that I've never seen have. And so, so he gives you this creative kind of brainchild and it spurs you into healing almost, you know? And I think that's awesome. That's just how God is. He's so cool. The smallest little things yeah. that can just move you into a place of healing. And, and that's what, you know, he did with you after your accident. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. He knows exactly what we need and, and we just have to ask him to give it to us. So, um, so Mike, so tell us a little bit about um, kind of the, the book process. So you get this book coming out. It's called Out of the Fire. Um, I want to know where people can go to get it. You know, what's kind of the, you know, what your upcoming schedule is looking, looking like you're going to do a book tour. Are you going to do signings? Um, uh, can people reach out to you if they have any questions? Tell us a little bit about that. And then I have one last question about how the heck do you write a book? So sure, (laughs) sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, uh, out of the fire is going to be available everywhere. Well, it is available everywhere that books are sold online right now for pre-order. Uh, it will come out on October 18th. And, uh, so Barnes and Noble, uh, Amazon, uh, are the first two that came to my mind. Uh, and, uh, what was the, the other question? Oh, so like, uh, if, if people want to, are you going to do a book tour and like, can people come out and see you if they have yeah. questions, can they, can they email you? Like where, where, where can they actually get to chat with you personally? Sure. So, um, it's right now it's super organic. We've got an email list that's growing and we're going to do like a virtual, um, you know, kind of gathering here in October and then, um, going on the road, I guess, for some interviews and podcasts like this. And, um, and then we're going to see where the Lord wants to take it, you know, and just share this story with, uh, whoever, uh, it can, you know, affect or any lives that we can impact. I'm going to go there. Yeah. I love it. Uh, okay. So the process of writing a book, now this is probably, you know, this is logistical stuff that I geek out on sometimes, (laughs) but like, like what in the world, like I've thought about like trying to write a book before and the process just seems so daunting. Like, how do you do that? How do you start with that? Like when, like getting a publisher, you know, I mean, there's so many hoops. It's a little bit like I've been in the music world. It's a little bit like, you know, recording an album and, you know, you got to get a label and a publisher and all this, all these deals and stuff go through. But, but like what, like, gosh, man, did you ever expect that you'd be an author? Never. Never? Nope. Okay. No, it wasn't on the Were you good at English class? I mean, I think so. (laughs) You know, I don't know. Before the accident or after the accident? Well, just in general. I mean, Yeah. yeah, yeah, like. I mean, I'm definitely a creative guy, uh, analytical guy too. So I think um, I love a great story. I'm always like the guy that gets way too into like, I mean, when I saw Batman, I think I got like a panic attack because I just got so into it, right? I mean, like, and that's why music that's like, music can definitely take me places, right? And so, I mean, a book was a lot like that. It's a lot like writing a song, you know, and uh, I didn't know how to write a book. And so, uh, it's like anything else. I went to people that knew what they were doing and, and you get the right people in the room uh, and anything is possible. And That's so, cool. um, you know, actually it started out, uh, Mike, as a movie, uh, potentially a movie deal. And I had shared my story for some guys on a church retreat. And, and six months later, this guy reached out to me and said, hey, you know, um, kind of uh, interested in maybe making a movie about your accident. And as we got to talk about it, and I really appreciated, uh, you know, his interest and taking interest in it but as we talked more and more about it it just felt like it was going to be a lot more about the accident itself and not about 
you know, the story that I felt like God wanted me to tell. And so I went to a, a pastor at my church and I said, Hey, I'm, I'm concerned. Like, I don't, I don't want this thing to, to go into a theater and, and the message doesn't get across. And he's like, yeah, you need to write a book about mm. it. And, uh, fortunately he uh, had some connections that he was willing to share with me. And, and those connections led to, um, meeting Margot Starbuck who helped me write the book. And it was over a three year period. So, uh, definitely, Took a lot of time uh, talk about working through some PTSD. I mean, it was like a year and a half of going through a pretty emotional process of of my life and like what was God trying to do and working through that pain. That's really the f- first time I feel, feel like I looked at it squarely, you know, uh, for what it was and and uh, asked him to help me through it. And out of that came this book. Mm, that's cool. I mean, and it just is, you know, it's so God, you know, just to be able to take somebody, you know, seemingly through something that's so tragic, something that's heartbreaking, that's hurt, that's hurtful, that there's so much pain involved. And to the earlier question, would you change anything? And you said, no, you wouldn't change anything about your story because look what God is doing in it. And I just think that's the beauty of, that's the beauty of our savior. He, he gives us beauty for ashes. You know, that's, that's how good he is. It, what the enemy meant to destroy you with the Lord took it and and now has created something that you're now proclaiming the gospel to probably more people than you ever would have been able to communicate the gospel to had you not gone through this this painful time in your season. So if you're listening today and that's you and you're you're hearing this and you're saying, man, I'm going through a painful time in my life and and I, how could God ever use this? If you give it over to him just like Mike did, he will. He will use this to uh, not only drastically and uh, beautifully change your life, he, he's going to use it to beautifully tra- change the life of, of others too. And, and I just think that's, that's the gospel. And we, yeah. sometimes we say, God, why, why didn't you stop that? Why couldn't you just like slap Mike in the face before he, before he drifted off, you know, just come down and just give him a quick slap so he didn't hit that telephone pole, right? Mm-hmm. And, but we wouldn't be here talking about this. You wouldn't have a right. book. Who knows who wouldn't hear the message of hope now uh, from this podcast or your book or from all the other podcasts and the media you're going to be doing here so shortly. And sometimes we have to just trust the Lord. You know, we say, God, why would you let that happen? And the Lord's saying, hey, trust me. That's right. You know? it, re- it reminds me of a scene in Narnia at the end, you know, when uh, when uh, Tumnus and, and Lucy are looking out over the balcony and they see Aslan walking away after, you know, the, the Chronicles of the Witches, the Lion Witch in the Wardrobe. And and Lucy asks Tumnus, you know, will we ever see him again? And, uh, and Tumnus says, yes, you, I'm sure we will, but you mustn't impress him because he's not a safe lion. And mm-hmm. Lucy said, but he is good, you know? And I think that's the thing. Your, your journey wasn't a safe journey, mm-hmm. and, and, but God is good. And if you, if you allow him to, to work, it's going to be awesome. That's right. Yeah, and I, I think that's, that's one thing I'm definitely hoping that gets across to people is that, you know, your story matters no matter what you've been through and, and, and the pain that you've experienced. Um, it it matters. And, and there's, I don't want to, uh, ruin too much of the book, but there's a, a gal in there that, um, that changed my life by sharing with me what had gone on in her life with her story. And I don't think that the book would have been written without her. Mm. And so, uh, this gal was just sat across from me in chemistry. And, um, so you'll have to read the book to hear more about it, but like it, I hope that message gets across to people that it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter how insignificant you feel like your story is, your your story 
could be the story that could change somebody's life forever. It's awesome. Hey, one more time. Uh, book comes out October 18th. October 18th. And you can pre-order it now anywhere books are sold. You got it. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, Mike, thanks so much for being here. And the book is Out of the Fire by Mike Kinney. And uh, we hope you pick it up and, and you know, reach out to him. Uh, he's, he's, not a, he's, he's not afraid to tell a story. He's not afraid to talk. He's not, he's not a hard guy to get a hold of. You're not like this famous, you know, like uh, guy that like, you know, resists meeting people. You're a, you're a good outgoing, just normal guy. Just, just a guy with a story. It's just my, normal. My, MikeKinneyStory.com. Uh, and that's the social media handle. So reach out to me. I love it, man. Just a guy with a story that God is using. It's awesome. <laughs> well, Mike, hey, thanks for being yeah. on the podcast. Thanks and, for having me, Mike. And uh, again, check out his book. And and uh, we, we hope you were blessed today by Mike's testimony and all God's doing through him. And we hope it encourages you to let God use your story uh, to do just the incredibly awesome things through you as well. So, hey, this has been Jesus, Sex, and Politics. Uh, hey, be sure to like and subscribe, share, tell your friends about the podcast. Um, and we will catch you on the next episode uh thanks again for tuning in uh we love you guys we'll talk to you on the flip side and mike the last thing i uh i forgot to pull it up here but um the typically we have nathan do the outro and him and i we so maybe what i'm going to try to do because he's he's never around anymore like i feel like i'm doing all these podcasts without him because he's too busy like traveling the world and telling people about jesus you know and so uh so so i i say you know hey th uh this has been jesus sex and politics uh i'm micah and then he says i'm nathan so i'm gonna have you say i'm mike okay okay, okay. and then uh we talk about all the things i'll say we talk about all the things culture doesn't want to talk about and then you say that will scare you so you just have to say i'm mike and that will scare you. Okay. okay. So you think you can do that? Yes. I okay. Can do that. So that's, that's what we're going to do right now in the outro, because I'm tired of doing these outros without Nathan. Nathan's going to hear this and he's going to say that I'm trying to replace him, but I'm really not trying to replace him. Okay. This has been Jesus, sex and politics. I'm Micah. And I'm Mike. And we talk about all those things. Culture doesn't want to talk about. And that will scare you. Yeah. All right. We will catch you next time. Thanks for listening.